Hey, thanks again for joining me for Drive Time Devotionals, a podcast to help you strengthen your faith so that you will remain in Jesus. I'm Bill Simpson, and you can learn more about me and the books I've been able to write at BillSimpson.org. As I promised in the last episode, in this one, we will focus on the old Apostle John's letter we call 1 John. Since John was a very old man when he wrote, now living in the city of Ephesus, he is writing truths that he has been preaching and teaching for over 60 years. There are three key truths that he can't seem to stop talking about in this brief letter. The first one is that every follower of Jesus has been born from above. The phrase can also be translated born again. Sometimes you see it in end zones, John 3, 16. This is what Jesus explained to the religious leader named Nicodemus that's recorded in John chapter 3. Jesus told Nick that night that in order to enter God's kingdom, a person must have a spiritual rebirth. In John's short letter, we call 1 John, he used this phrase six times, once in chapters 2, 3, and 4, and three times in chapter 5. John knew after all his years of following Jesus that for a person to become a follower, they must be born from the Spirit of God and given a new heart. The theological word for this is regeneration, and it was God's promise of the new covenant all the way back in the Old Testament. Let's look at one verse in particular to capture John's message. 1 John 3, 9 states, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. John tells us that you simply can't live a life in constant rebellion to God. That's what he means by phrases, practice sinning and keep on sinning, and think that you have been born of God, that you really love Jesus. It just can't happen. To make it even clearer, John was led by the Spirit to write this, For God's seed abides in him. It's that word minnow, which means remain or abide. I don't mean to get too graphic here, but the Greek is pretty fascinating in this phrase. That's why an app like Blue Letter Bible can be so helpful. You don't have to be a seminary grad to explore key Greek words so that you can better understand the the fuller and the richer meaning of a word. You see, when John wrote God's seed, the word for seed is sperma, which means exactly what you think it means. You are God's very offspring, if you have been born of him, because you have been spiritually reborn by his spiritual sperm. Whoa, wait a minute, Bill. Graphic, yes, but eye-opening too. It's so rich in what he's trying to communicate. Your value as a human being is solely based on the fact that you are God's child through your faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And nothing can ever change that reality. No matter how badly you falter and forget to remain in him, he will always remain in you. That, my friend, is amazing grace. And that leads to the second truth that John pounded in his teaching for over 60 years. Jesus' followers are to remain in him. John used the word 24 times in his little letter. What John heard Jesus teach on that holy Thursday night stuck with him for the rest of his very long and very faithful life. So when the Spirit led him to write 1 John, it's as if he just couldn't stop stating this truth enough. A powerful example 
is in 1 John 4:13 through 16. It says, By this we know that we remain in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Let me repeat that last verse again. God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. When John heard Jesus give them the new commandment that Thursday night to love one another, he got it. It sunk down deep into John's soul, and he never stopped teaching this truth because it is the pinnacle of our faith lived out. We are to love fellow followers of Jesus the same way that Jesus loves them. That's what it means to remain in Christ, and that's what it means to obey his commands. Listen to the verses that precede what we just read in verses 13 through 16. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. Listen to that last statement again. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. John wrote virtually the same thing in chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. The love of God is perfected in you more and more as his perfect love for his people drives you to love them like he does. Let me say that again. The love of God is perfected in you more and more as his perfect love for his people drives you to love them like he does. That was John's experience. He was actually called the Apostle of Love by the early church fathers. One of those early church fathers, Jerome, wrote a commentary on Paul's letter to the Galatians. In that commentary, he told a well-loved story that John the Evangelist continued preaching in Ephesus even when he was in his 90s. The Evangelist was so enfeebled with old age that men had to carry him on a stretcher into the church in Ephesus. And when he was no longer able to preach or deliver a long discourse... His custom was to lean up on one elbow on every occasion and simply say, Little children, love one another. This continued on and on, even when the aging John was on his deathbed. Then he would lie back down, and his friends would carry him back out. Every week, the same thing happened, again and again. And every week, it was the same short sermon, exactly the same message. Little children, love one another. One day, the story goes, someone asked him about it. John, why is it that every week you say exactly the same thing? Little children love one another. And John replied, because it is enough. 
It can't be emphasized enough. Your primary responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to love his people, all of them, in the same way that he does, putting their needs above your very own. That's how the church began. Listen to how Dr. Luke described the first church in Jerusalem in Acts 4.32. Now the large group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one said that any of his possessions was his very own, but instead they held everything in common. And the apostles were giving testimony with great power to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed for each person's basic needs. There's no doubt God did a very special work in that early church to empower those believers to selflessly love each other in that way. But God wants us to love each other in the same way. And your love for another believer isn't based on them or their needs. It's based on God. You are to love them because God loves them, not because they are worthy or deserving of your love. They probably aren't. And you probably aren't very deserving of their love either. John had been preaching and teaching for six decades that we are to love other believers through Jesus. So, when another believer makes you angry, like maybe your spouse or child or good friend, stop, drop, and pray. You need Jesus' direct intervention to be able to love his people through him. Therefore, our focus for the upcoming episodes for this podcast will be this, how to love Jesus and remain in him by keeping his commands, and the preeminent command is to love fellow followers of Jesus in that agape love. And the key to all this is remaining in Christ. These rich truths drove me to explore all of Jesus' teachings about remaining in him through a book he allowed me to write, which I titled, How to Ask God for What He Wants to Give You. I'll take excerpts from the book as we journey through the scriptures to learn how to ask the Father to help us remain in His Son. I hope you'll consider subscribing to this podcast and invite your friends to listen in as well. If you have any questions or comments, my contact information is on my website, billsimpson.org, and I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you.